You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, A. Scully and Sitor. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this show. Good morning. Or whatever. Or whatever's. Whatever's. Sid Talk, hello to you. Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> First of all, we're having a funny moment in The Sims as I'm playing and we're talking. <laughs> I'm in the hot springs. You came into the hot springs and you stood right in front of me for an uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> Did I say hello? <laughs> I don't know. Talk. I've got it muted. So I don't know what's being said. <laughs> I was trying to get you to come and do the podcast. <laughs> Here I am. I'm there. <laughs> The before the after the show discussion was this movie. It was. And that was about it. And making cups of hot tea. Yes. Not that we'd be discussing making hot cups of hot tea. No, We're it just, just comes making... naturally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tea. Yum. I've still got my tea. Thank you. So it is Saturday, February the 18th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. And on episode 775, we're looking at the movie Empire of Light. It's a 2022 movie. You can catch it now on streaming. It's rated R for sexual content and all that stuff. And it's uh, from our friends at Fox Searchlight. So Sid Talk, can you give us the synopsis of the movie Empire of Light? A woman with mental health issues meets a young man with other issues with society. It's set in 1981. All right, I'll give you the one off the box. A drama about the power of human connection during turbulent times set in an English coastal town in the early 80s. Yeah, that's what I said. Pretty close. That's what I said. You you was more succinct than the real one. Unusual, but yes. Unusual, yes. (laughs) So Empire of Light is the latest movie from director Sam Mendes. And Sid Talk, what did you think? Uh, It was really good. I laughed and I cried. And I was emotionally moved and challenged and interested. And, 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 and then in this one part, whenever she did that thing, <laughs> and then other thing, and then, and then the did end. this one thing. That's how, like, kids tell you the story of a movie. It is. <laughs> no, really enjoyed it. I mean, enjoy is an odd word because it's very sad and testing. But, uh, yeah. It's not it. all sad and testing. No, no, it's no. It's just like a... Like well, there, the whole there are happy of it, times also. Yeah, but the whole of it, the idea of her struggling with mental illness and him struggling with race issues. And let me just address this right up front. Okay. Okay. Now, I've been married to a British person now for 23 years. That would be you. If anyone didn't know, we're married to each really? other. And he's British. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not. We met on the old timey internet before it was a thing, right? And I have, not just from you, but from television shows, you know, pop culture things from England, comments, everything. There's this, like, sort of denial that England has racism. That America is, like, the hub of racism. I'm not denying we have racism. It's a horrible scourge of society. But I get a this overriding thing like, oh, well, we're not like that. We don't have that. And yet this movie addresses very directly 
the truth. And so well, I appreciate that. I am not the person who denies that there's racism because there's very overt racism in mm. the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, sports have a big problem with it, always have. This movie addresses like it because it's set in Margate, the seaside town. And there was some, well, there was many riots over the years, but there was race riots involving the mods and the rockers and the skinheads. But this movie directly addresses that, doesn't it? I know what you're saying. So that is an element of the the strife that the young man is going through. And hers is purely her mental illness. And from what I gather, I believe my movie diagnosis would be she is uh, manic depressive. Yeah. Somebody yells schizophrenic at her in it, but I don't think that was, you know, was Colin Firth. Dick calls Colin it. Firth. Yeah. I mean, what a dick, right? That character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ugh. So Sam Mendes, his mother dealt with issues like this, what the Olivia Coleman actress has. The movie's not directly about his mother, but it's very inspired by his mother and being him in the, you know, living in a seaside town, etc. Sure. So it's pretty raw, I think, for the director. I really love the opening sequence where it's just her going into work. And this whole movie pretty much is set in this awesome, and you must admit it's awesome, cinema. I don't think I need you telling me what I must do, but I'm going to agree with you. (laughs) I mean, it's not just awesome. Like, the parts of it that are being used in the movie are just like how I imagine like the best cinema in the world to look like. It's like, it's just amazing. It's like, it's classy, clean, really old school kind of and nice. But then there's this upstairs to the cinema that used to be other screens that's all in rundown and there's pigeons flying in. And even that part was amazing looking. It was gorgeous. So it's like half of it's amazing, the cinema, and half of it's in disrepair. I'm assuming because you couldn't afford to renovate the whole thing. Well, to be fair, if you look close, it isn't beautiful because there's lots of scuffs and it's a little bit run down. And before she turns all the lights on, it just looks like an abandoned place. And then she turns the lights on. It just springs to life. Then it springs to life. Yeah, Yeah. But I think it is run down. So remember, this is 1981. And so this theater clearly has history in the city. It's been around since like for like 60 years since cinema kind of began, I think, in the 20s, probably. Right. Yeah. That's the look of it. Very art deco. So by the 81, it seems like less people are there. He's pretty excited that they're actually having a movie premiere of Chariots of Fire there. Like that's a really big deal and they have to paint the walls. And so I feel like it's it's almost hallmarking the end it definitely of is. an era of, of people going to the cinema. But as we know, that only just really happens <laughs> recently. Yeah. Like the end of that kind of normal high street cinema and the beginning of like all those multiplexes. When did those start? The big multiplex cinemas? Because hmm. they kind of like the smaller cinemas. Kind I would of got- say around mall time, which is late 80s, early 90s, when malls became a thing. And then you could go see like. One of ten different movies instead of just like the two or three that could fit at the actual. Yeah, and that had to hurt like small cinemas in general, didn't it? Because how can they compete with it apart from being cheap? (laughs) You know, yeah, having a really cheap ticket price. This movie takes place in this cinema, but it's not about the cinema. It's about the people who work in the cinema. I guess it's a love story with with quotation marks. Would you say? 
I mean, there's a love story in there it. There is. It's more of a human connection story. You know, I think that a lot of people complain and whine about things changing in culture and society and the words we use for different things directly related to like gender and whatnot. But the thing is, you can change. Like you saying this is a love story. We all automatically kind of know what that means. But in fact, it's two human beings who, through just a moment of chance, he started working at this place. He's like a young man, right? Really young compared to her. And something draws them together. And then he doesn't want to give up on her. And she wants to encourage him in his life. And while we can claim that that's like a little love story, maybe it's just like two people who need each other for yeah. a little while. And then that you, you boost each other up in life and then you move on. So I don't know what that's called, but I think reducing it to love story, maybe we need to expand that a little bit. You know what I mean? Add to the love story scenario. It's yes, there's sexual relationship involved. And they do care about each other deeply. But I don't know. Yeah, still, I even think at the very end, there's definitely love between them. It might, you know, of some kind. So you're clinging to the love stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How did you like it? Apart from the cool cinema. Oh, um, Roger Deakins uh, is the cinematographer. So every single frame, I was like, holy shit. This gorgeous. Looks good. Absolutely gorgeous. You yeah. can make any room, any... Like, he knows how to frame a shot, like... A shot near the end with the trees, I was like, holy shit, this is um, good cinematography. Beautiful. Yeah, even though it's not like an action movie, there is no action, right? There's like a, a few seconds of action, maybe. It's not that kind of thing. There's some fireworks. There's some uh, lots of cool lighting and an amazing looking set. I, d I still can't find um, exactly how they did the cinema, whether they built a cinema or mm. I can't really find much information on oh, that. Oh, I trust you'll find it. But the cinema used in Margate is a real cinema. It's just actually closed down now, but they used the front of it at least to make it look like they were in Margate. How did you like the story? I'm really into the idea of the two people. And then film and cinema become sort of an avenue of another avenue of connection or of like release from the torture in your life, either in your mind or in reality, that sitting down for two hours in a movie, you know, that's the empire of light, right? You 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 allow the light of the projector to shine images on a wall and tell you a story, and then you're you're in that story instead of in your life, which might have so much in it that you can't cope, right? And this is your escape. And I feel like that's the I like that. Yeah, element. I like the idea that she's a lady who works in a cinema and then when asked like do you see films she never she's yeah. too busy to look at the films yeah like she I, never watches them and then that's you know so that's like part of the movie that you have to give yourself to it maybe to for your peace of mind or for your healing because she needs something doesn't she i mean clearly that uh yeah on some in some circumstances okay to step outside of yourself for a little while and acknowledge either fictional stories of life or someone else's pain and suffering that yes, yours is valid. And so is everything else. Like you are not all there is. And sometimes that can help, right? I don't know about 
with mental illness, but with like a perspective. And what's the last line that the guy says in that movie? That life is a state of mind. It was very like the volume got cranked on that. She's watching a movie. And apparently the last line of it maybe is yeah, life. Yeah, of being the PSL yes, movie. life is a state of mind. And that was like the very end. And that made her cry because sometimes, not always, because we don't always have control over what our brains and our bodies are doing. But most yeah. of the time, that's like an accurate thing, right? Your perception of things and your filters that tell you how to react to the world is a lot. And that moment is super poignant. It, it definitely makes you feel like you're going to well up. <laughs> uh, I didn't well up. I cried. I just <laughs> yeah. flat out cried. I mean, just her, her expression when she's looking at the film as mm -hmm. well. And she's finally like, just like free for a second. Maybe she isn't the second she walks out of there because she has got a condition, right? Absolutely. But for that second, at least. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like you can't solve your problems by with, watching a film. Right. But it can be a healing thing in some. Well, because in because what it is, is humans telling other humans a story, a tale, right? Either it's, here's the pain I've suffered, like a writer or someone in life. And so I want to put out there all the options and the way that my character dealt with it. And so you look at it and go, wow, it's not complete fiction because everything you can think of emotionally that humans have put into stories is stuff that we do. So it's not completely made up. It's not alien to us. So watching that in a movie, I think is, can be like, also it tells you about other people, things you don't know about, yeah. you know? True. I mean, yeah, there are many things you've learned from movies. I mean, I would like to be cautious about what I think I've learned from movies, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've learned, you know, not not to, uh, what have you learned from I'm movies? I'm going to need a bigger boat. Ah, uh, correct. Learned that. <laughs> Don't have um, dinner around a table in a spaceship. With, um, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, there's no place like home. Correct. I don't 100% agree with that one, but I've learned that in the movies. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of lessons we've, we've collectively, we've watched. From the school of cinema. Yeah. Correct. I mean, I watched so many movies when I was young. Me too. And those are the things that kind of form you up, you know? Yeah. So our whole lives are based on lies. Yeah. <laughs> and look how we turned no, out. No, we're fine. We're fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Empire of Light really enjoyed it. And again, for the second week in a row, uh, score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I think uh, you're in love with these guys. I mean, they're good. Yeah. But I think you really dig this them. This had a very somber... I mean, there's music in this, i.e. this scar music and this different music of the time. But there's also this piano score that is very sad. Very almost sad. the entire time. And it makes you... Do, even just the piano score playing makes you feel a bit sad. So, yeah, nice one, Trent. Thanks for making me sad. <laughs> yeah. Cast, Olivia Coleman plays Hillary. She is really incredible. I've always loved her since Peep Show. She's amazing. And I know Peep Show is nothing like Empire of Light, but... Oh, you know what? I don't know about that because it's, it's poignant in its own way. It is, and extremely funny. If you've never seen Peep Show, it's one of my <laughs> recommendations. For I this. mean... Extremely funny is subjective, but we're, we'll let you run with that. <laughs> yeah. In this, she was, I don't know, it was something else for me. 
at the beginning, you don't quite know what's wrong. I just thought she was lonely. Or sad, yeah. And sad. Maybe like she that lost movie, somebody. Um, Land, you know, yes. with Princess um, Buttercup. Yeah. That you don't know what's happening if you haven't seen Land. It's just L.A. I thought maybe she'd lost her husband at the beginning or... Yeah, you're not sure what the... Something sad has happened, maybe. But see, again, we're brainwashed I to mean, just think that. You basically, this shot, that one shot thing at the beginning where she's going into work and she's cleaning up and she's talking to her employees. And then she goes home and it's like Christmas time and she's on her own. She's got one Christmas cracker. It's all sad looking. Uh, you even, some a sound came out of you. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> when she's sitting there and alone then I was with like, the Christmas That was cracker. where I was like, she's probably lost her husband and she's just like, has to put on this face at work and then... But no, it's not that. Nope. It's that she has... What is it we saying she has? I'm diagnosing never... her with manic depression because she has... Um, and I only am familiar with this, not just from EastEnders, because that's another fictional show, but I lived with someone many years ago, a man before your time, uh, who was manic depressive. And so there is the incredible up, 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 Absolutely insanely happy and nothing can go wrong and it's amazing and loads of energy. And then every window is covered with black plastic bags and there is, it's like a, when she laid, she came to her apartment one time, came in the door, laid on the floor of her like just wooden floor right inside the door of her apartment as if the floor was a giant magnet and just like pulling her down and she's sobbing and crying and I'm like, oh yeah, that I've seen that. And that's the low, right? So that's why I professionally have diagnosed her with manic depression. Good job. She's fantastic, though. She is fantastic. This movie is, I mean, it's much better for her being in it. (laughs) Oh. Michael Ward, who is also excellent, who I'm not familiar with. He's amazing. Plays Stephen. And this is the character. He's an employee. He, He comes to work at the cinema and she immediately likes him. Yeah. And he's much younger, like you say. He's probably, what, 20? Um, I mean, he's getting ready to go to college. So however old you are in England when you want to go Somewhere to college. Somewhere between 18 and 20. Yeah. Yeah. And she- But he's already tried and they wouldn't let him in. He is a black man. And so the Im- it is, you infer from what he's telling her. That. That he was rejected exactly. because of that. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of how the no, conversation went. No, I think that's what went. they were getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And so- yeah, and, quite a bit younger. And she's, what, 40? I feel like she's 40-ish, in, uh, in her 40s, early 40s. Mm. There's obviously an age gap. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't know what's going on. And my, this Michael Ward guy, like I say, I've not really seen him before. He's in a, um, a TV show called Top Boy, which I've not seen, but he's fantastic in this, um, right from the beginning. And then he really has to change because there's a lot of... He goes through a lot with her. And at the end, I feel like they're both different. Yes, definitely. We've got Toby Jones as Norman. He plays the projectionist of this cinema. What do you <laughs> think of Toby? I mean, he was he was just sort of like the older crotchety dude who's obsessed with how perfect the reels are loaded and everything. And so everyone stays away from him. And then when you go into his projection room, it's completely plastered with pictures of film stars from all ages, all decades. I mean, he's literally in love with cinema. Yeah, and that's his world. And then you find out later that he has his own family problems and his own problems, whatever they are, and that's his escape, is being in that room and loading that projector. And so he plays it as 
not super grumpy and horrible, like to where you're repelled by him, but like, oh, right. This is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is that guy that if you get in a conversation with him, he's going to lecture you about something. And that's exactly the vibe I got. From I love him. that he was like against anybody smoking in the theater. Yeah. He smoked every <laughs> yeah, time he saw him. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Uh, we've also got Colin Firth. Tell us about Colin Firth as Donald Ellis. Ew. Ew. Colin. I mean, <laughs> I ew. Mean, I mean, it's a... it's a He's disgusting. It's a horrible character. Colin, nothing against So Colin. here's his character. Okay. Yeah. He's the boss of the theater, right, that she works in. Correct. And he says things to her like, hey, we come up and we'll talk about the rotor or whatever. And what that's code for her to come up and like give him a hand job. And yes. then when he wants to try to have sex with her, she's like, no, no, I can't, I can't. And he's all sleazy and weird. And then he's like, oh, but you're so friendly with the customers while he's trying to rub on her and like nuzzle her. Oh, I just felt re that person repelled me. I was the like, oh, I mean, the she was repelled me about him is he knew that she has a something wrong. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Right. <gasps> and he just. It's taking advantage of it. Because then later he throws it in her face like, I am the only reason you have this exactly. job. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Ace so that Scully. turns him into like a double buddy. I already hated him and now <laughs> I'm like, ew. Yeah. Um, Colin Firth, what are you doing? No, I think it's a really interesting role he was playing. I it mean, was, but it's terrible. Yeah. And then I put down Tom Brook as Neil, who's the, he becomes the manager when she leaves. You know that guy with yes, the glasses. Yes, I like him. You know, do you remember where he's from? I don't. I couldn't think. He was from Preacher. He wore the cowboy hat. <gasps> You're right. He was awesome. <laughs> and he was really good. He's he under he just works in the theater with our like yep. equal or whatever. And by the end, he's the manager because the sleazy fucker takes off. Who you know, Colin Firth guy is gone. He cares about her, like in a way where he's observing. He knows that she's had this bad episode in the past, and he just they all care about her. Like, I liked. How you didn't quite know where, like, at first, this Neil character, I was like, well, you know, he's joking around with the staff and stuff, and he seems a bit of an ass, maybe, you know, annoying. And then when he saw, you know, you could see that he knew that they went upstairs together. And I was like, oh, is he going to, like, use that information and make fun of them or something? Oh. But it wasn't that at all. No. He actually I never cares got, for her. Yeah, I never got a bad vibe from him. I was, I felt like I had a bad vibe right. from him at the beginning that. He was going to be like a pain in the ass. Mm. But no, he'd seen what's happened before. There was an incident that had happened before that he was there for, I'm assuming. You know, the time when she swore at the customers. Yep. And he knows that she's fragile and he was just looking after her, which Correct. was sweet. Really. <laughs> I'll listen to yeah, So sweet. Directed by Sam Mendes. He's directed uh, movies that you know, Skyfall, 1917, other movies. What do you think of uh, directing? Uh, it was beautiful personal movie too for him yes it was beautiful i mean, I mean he mean, wrote and direct this as well he so. wasn't the cinematographer but your fella your guy yeah cinematographer. I mean, amazing excellent uh, i can't fault any of the craftsmanship of the movie is good way the, to put it and the script everything you know it's very natural the script i found not theatrical more like people just talking to each other mm. imdb reviews what are those those are reviews a review is when a person goes somewhere and writes down their thoughts on a thing. <laughs> so on the Internet Movie Database, you can guess that people put reviews of, you know, movies. And these are the one-star versions because people don't always have nice reviews. I don't know if you knew this. 
Sometimes they're just dickheads. So those are the ones you like. <laughs> so here's the first uh, one star review. And I, shouldn't these are say, not, I shouldn't say they're dickheads. You know, the truth is the truth. Think, Whatever. Yeah, these are not our um, views. These are the views. <laughs> we don't sanction these views. <laughs> first person says, what's the purpose of writing a screenplay without a purpose? What's the purpose of writing a hollow, empty story without anything in it? Directing and producing that goes absolutely nowhere. Absolutely unnecessary crap. Oh my. Don't agree? But, I don't agree. Yeah. Second guy says, switched it off after the first hour. This has nothing to do with cinema and nothing to do with filmmaking or cinema going. It's a shallow and predictable opus on migration issues and middle-aged sexual frustrations. Avoid. Migration issues? Because <laughs> he's from Jamaica with his mom? He might have been talking about the pigeons. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, though. And uh, thirdly, the worst film of this year. I mean, it is only February. I watched this film with a Q&A by the director himself. I wanted to love it. A story about a woman, tick, mental health issues, tick, and racial, racial tensions in 80s Britain, tick. It's also an ode to cinema, tick. But it was the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> Incredibly disjointed, sloppy and it cheats its way through the running time. One of the most insulting things, actually two of the most insulting things about the film, are that it's a paint-by-numbers pastiche. That's it. Paint-by-numbers? What? I don't know. Fuck these people. Do they even know what a pastiche is? I mean, I'm not a <laughs> snob, but I know what a pastiche movie is. This ain't it, brother, sister. Whatever. No. Let's give this movie a score. We watched the streaming version. It will be on Blu-ray soon. Um, so we didn't see any extras, but let's give it a score. I'm going to give Empire of Light an 8 out of 10. Ooh. Heavy duty indeed. I'll stick with that. I'll raise you. I'll go with your 8 and I'll raise you by 1 and say it's a 9. Oh, you're going for a 9? I'm going for a 9. Nice. Yeah, it's a high quality movie. I felt felt something from it. That's a good thing. That is a good thing because that's not. that doesn't always happen. It we does not. We have to tell the people that is not... Always your reaction. So good work, Sam Mendes. <laughs> good work. Next week, we're going to look at the new Damien Chazelle film. You know Damien Chazelle? No. He made uh, that little movie called La La Land. Mm. Remember that? A little overrated for my taste, but hey. I really loved it. I know he did. Um, and these new... Oh, he also made the movie First Man with um, Ryan Gosling. Do you remember that one? Yep. Awesome. That one <laughs> was awesome. Uh, well, his new movie, Babylon, we're going to look at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am not going with two movies this week. I'm going with two TV shows. First one is Peep Show, which has Olivia Coleman in it. Uh, and the second one is Preacher, which has Tom Brock, who plays Neil in this movie. And Preacher is just bonkers. <laughs> uh, Peep Show's bonkers also. Remember the Peep Show um, where he had the uh, eyelashy thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can watch that scene on YouTube <laughs> any day and always is hilarious. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Painted on his eyes. Uh, look that up. Eyes. What would how would you look that up on YouTube? <laughs> if you was a listener, um, peep show. Eye scene. Eyelids. Eyelid scene. Yeah, something like that. It's hilarious. I mean, you might be overselling it. So I don't think I am. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite moments of the whole show. It's so funny. I say. All right. So uh, your recommendations are? My recommendations are going back to early 2000s. I am up to 2005. 
2004, 2005, 2006? No, 2005. And it's all science fiction this year. It's all we're doing. Sci-fi, as the kids like to call it. Fantastic Four, probably not great. That's the Jessica Alba one, right? Yes. Mm. It was fine, but it was, you know. Land of the Dead? That's the one with the Dennis Hopper at the top of the thing. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, with uh, Lugazamo. Lugazamo. So it's a zombie movie, just so y'all know. Yep. Island, the island V for Vent, uh, the island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm merging, I'm merging two movies together. That's the Michael island. Bay, Scarlett Johansson, the <laughs> island. I actually quite like that movie. Did you? Mm-hmm. I did. Is that, are you sure the island wasn't the one, what's the one with uh, Leo? No, it's not. The island is the one with Scarlett Johansson and uh, Trainspotting. You yeah, but what's the one with Leo? Leo? Titanic. No. <laughs> After Titanic. The Wolf of Wall Street. No. Before the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> okay. The, you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. There's like... Um, the beach. The beach. <laughs> I was close. The yes. island. I was confused. Close. So this is not the beach. This is the island. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're at, yes. I'm on. I get you. I the island is sci-fi type one on it. It is. I liked yeah. it, but it also had sort of a lame payoff a little bit if you think about it. Well, yes. Viva Vendetta, whole other movie. Excellent. Remember, you, remember the 5th of you November. You love that one because it's also got Queen Amadella in it, or Princess Amadella, or Senator Amadella, whatever you want to call her. Uh, Darth Vader's mother. Not Darth Vader's mother. Wachowski's good. Darth Excellent. Vader's wife. Yes. Luke Skywalker's mother. If yes. you all like movies, you'll know what I'm talking about. And then there is War of the Worlds, which I actually think is really good. You From mean, the early 2000s. You mean the one with Tom Cruise? Correct. Yeah. I, I really like it. I've watched it a few times since then. It pops up on the TV now and then. And well, I think it it's was good. made by Steven Spielberg. It did have a weird section with Tim... Robbins. Yeah, that was a bit... Ew. But other than that... I like that. Yeah, I think it is a very good telling of that, you know, that story. There's been so many tellings of that story, though. I've only heard two. The one on the radio and that. Right. Maybe some... No, that's it. Like a 70s TV... Not TV. Like a TV movie in the 70s. I Was remember. there? I don't know. BBC, I think, did it. I'm not privy to that one, so I'm good. All right. A scurly stuff. I've been playing more um, Hogwarts Legacy. Not much more to say. It's a Harry Potter game. You fly around. You do stuff. It's really big if you like giant open worlds. That's it. What's for dinner, Sid? That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's the only game I've played. You have requested Jersey Mike's. Jersey. Jersey Mike's, so it's sandwich. That's, that's it. That's yes. where I am. It's a sandwich. Yes, that's it. <laughs> it's a sandwich. I, play, I played one game and we're eating a sandwich. What more do you want? <laughs> well, <it's not> like- <laughs> well, tell them about your, your, if you're limited in content, then tell them about your new, our new family member. Okay, we don't have children and we don't have animal friends and uh so now what do you have two of in this house that isn't me as your you know companion oh we had well we've had a robot vacuum for the longest time (laughs) maybe a couple of years right it's been a long time and now we got a new robot vacuum this week but it's one of those fancy ones that maps the whole house out (laughs) with a with a laser that spins around and i can assure you all that he is obsessed over it every single day. I can every- assure you that our carpets are clean this week. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it has run many times. Um, because you like to literally sit and look at the app 
and watch it. When you know it's like five feet behind you, you're like, oh, it's five feet behind Yes. <laughs> and I can see on a little map of the house that it's drawn on my app <laughs> exactly where it's been today. So I know that I know where's clean and where isn't. It's cool. I really like it. I mean, I benefit from your sort of obsession with cleaning. So it's always good. It's always good. It is. <laughs> now, if only you had a robot duster, that would solve a lot of your other kind of... I need a drone with a little feather duster on the end that I can fly around the living room, like going over stuff. You can just do what my mom does. <laughs> what? She... <laughs> she brings the leaf blower in the house. She doesn't. She does. Uh, how does everything not go flying off? Some of it does. <laughs> she, she has really high up beams like in her. Now that's hilarious. And there's a lot of stuff that's fixed up there, but it's really dusty. So she wants to get the cobwebs and the dust by just bringing them. That is funny. Oh my gosh. If my nieces are listening to this, you have to imagine grandma in her house. Like she's like the, like, um, we were talking about Ripley earlier, you know, from alien. Like she's got this. <laughs> Like a weapon where she's blowing the dust out of the house. <laughs> well, I think you could invent like a drone with feather dusters all the way around it. And then it just bumps into stuff and dusts it. Right? Again, you would have things falling off of shelves. <laughs> you would, but it'd be fun. Maybe you wouldn't because it'd have all sensors so it can't bump into anything really. It'd have to have really good sensors. Yeah. But uh, we're talking about cleaning house solutions here to fill the content. So, But I, I actually would love a um, robot duster because dusting is just, I have to do it because I hate dust. I mean, I bought you a toothpick dispenser this week. What more do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He likes to lay toothpicks on the couch that he's going to use later. I told you what. I, more I, TMI. <laughs> and I was like, I laid on the couch. I'm like, what the hell? Did they stick in you? Yes, it just poked right at me. So I'm like, okay, I'm solving this problem. And so I bought you a little toothpick dispenser to put in the cabinet. And then like a restaurant toothpick dispenser, problem solved. Well, lying on the couch isn't any fun unless there's like an obstacle course involved. <laughs> you know, you got to avoid something. That's not something. accurate. That's not accurate. So what's my advice, you say? Is that what you're asking? I to did, yes. conclude the content of this great podcast that's about movie reviews. Correct. I don't know if anyone still listening has remembered that. It's not really advice. Okay. My advice is turning into not advice all the time. But it's just sort of uh, an observation. And I've put it into my own words. What we look like in the world. Right. So as you're walking down the street and you see yourself in a reflection in a window and a photograph in some video from a store. Where our brain works is then it's measured by some bullshit construction. Right. That somebody somewhere invented that insidiously injects into our brains. It's like poison of how we're supposed to look. And so if we look a little too fat or we look a little too skinny or we look like we're humped over or we look like our skin is bad or our hair isn't exactly the right shape, then there is immediately a reason to feel like a fucking reject in the world. And you should feel bad because you're not living up to this, this fictional, truly fictional idea of what you're supposed to be. So whatever culture or body you are or gender you are, you know, there are sets of these. Someone has constructed what you're supposed to be and they're full of shit. There is no supposed to, you're just a creature in the world. You're just living, surviving, right? We're all just like a month away from dying. If we just all stopped eating, that's how related we are, right? We're all just surviving. 
So the fact that if I look at my reflection and I look like I have a fat back, which I have a lot of fat on my back, and then my mind is like, oh, but I don't look like a model walking down a runway. I'm a disgusting blob of meat. Ugh, gross. Look at me. I should stay away from society. I'm disgusting. I don't want anyone to take a picture of me. I don't want anyone to look at me, <laughs> you know, and I know people listening to this know what I'm saying. You might not because you have a very credible and solid self image. So that's very admirable. We don't all have that. So just saying it's, it's not real. If you look at yourself when you're trying to take a picture of yourself and you're like, oh, my jowls, my bags under my eyes, I don't look like the thing. Let me get the perfect filter. I do filters too, mostly for fun. And then other days when I'm just looking like I look, that's the picture my friends get. And that's just the way it is, right? You are not alone. And that's it. That's no, there's no, no fix. It's just, you're not alone. All right. Good work. Good work. Mm. Ascully.com is the place you can get this podcast. You can also go Twitter, Facebook, Instagram to see our social media. I'm Ascully. She's Sid Talk. You can go to anchor.fm slash after the show. You can go Spotify, iTunes, anywhere where podcasts are available, Amazon Music, even YouTube. You can email feedback to me, Ascully, Ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want anything from you at all. I mean, that is, that's accurate. <laughs> and stay classy, Mr. Sam Mendes, because this was quite the classy movie. Absolutely. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>